This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good afternoon, everyone. I want you to uh, think of four questions um, as we're working through what we're going to look at this afternoon. Who is your neighbour? That's the first question. And what does it mean to love your neighbour as yourself? And when did you last show neighbourly love? And what did you do? And what actually happened? And to help us uh, look at this subject, love thy neighbour, we're going to use um, a parable from the Lord Jesus Christ to get us to think about who is our neighbour. Now, we all have different ideas of what we accept as neighbours. We may feel great compassion for children or people experiencing natural or humanitarian disasters, as we can see in America at the moment, we can see in Syria and other places in the world. But it may be somebody, your neighbour may be somebody who actually lives um, next door. It may be the beggar on the street. It may be somebody who requires our help. So who is my neighbour? Is it somebody you chat to over the garden fence? Is it the old lady next door or just down the street from you who you help? Is it the mother, single mother with the child on her own? Is it somebody who may have been involved in an accident or some um, event in your lives that you know? Could it be somebody in a third world country who's suffering from, from poverty or in a natural disaster? Could it be that beggar on the street or that homeless person tramping around the street or could it be those poor children that we can see at the moment in places like the Sudan or it may even be the lady selling the big issue do you think of her as your neighbour would you think of him as your neighbour would you be inclined to help him as your neighbour now, am I stereotyping him by saying because of his piercings that we won't help him? But the question is, who is our neighbour? Would we be inclined to help this person if we walked through our high street on an evening? We could probably suggest what's wrong with him, but do we really know what's happened to him? As we're going to see in this parable from the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can assume when we look at people that they might not need our help or are not, for use of a better word, worthy of our help. So who is our neighbour? Who does Jesus say? What does the Bible say about who is our neighbour? For people who are believers in this world in which we live, what should we actually be thinking about? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ uses a wonderful parable, that parable of the, uh, the Samaritan. And the wonderful thing is the Lord Jesus Christ is 
the greatest teacher that's ever walked um, upon this earth. And he taught many times in parables, and I always like to think of a parable as an onion, and every time I cook, I always think of the parables, because I always use onions in everything I cook. And you slice an onion, and you can peel the outer layer off, then there's another layer, then there's another layer. And this is the same with the Lord Jesus Christ in parables. On the surface, there is an immediate message, but as you dig below the surface, there is a deeper and deeper and more spiritual meaning to what the Lord Jesus Christ says. So why did he teach in parables? Well, I suggest that Jesus was always thinking and looking for events that were going on around him. What he was going to talk about could have been a natural occurrence in the land that they lived in. But we can think of the parable of the sower. There was probably a man sowing seeds when he talks about the parable of the sower. The parable of the lost sheep. There's probably a shepherd walking by with his sheep. And he, he asked them to think about the parable of the sheep. Because if you're teaching somebody, there's a little quote that goes, Tell me and I'll forget. Teach me and I may remember. But involve me and I'll learn. And that was spoken by a man called Benjamin Franklin. And it's true. Because the Lord Jesus Christ involved people in his stories, involved them in getting them to think and to learn and involve them in what he was saying. He painted an image for them so that things when he spoke about were very, very familiar to things that were happening around them. In fact, children now are taught by endeavouring to peel to their very best learning style, whether that's words, pictures, sounds, are actually doing something. Now this parable, as some say, is aimed at the Jews at the time, but I suggest that this is an actual parable for everybody of who is our neighbour. Now another point which is becoming clear is that the parables reveal two options left up to the believer of God. Do we follow God's ways or do we follow the ways of man? So who is my neighbour? Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, I have just closed one of my businesses. I had two businesses and uh, I closed one of them. I've got a hairdressing business, which is obvious. And um, I closed one of the salons in the town centre. And what usually happened, I went into work every day and I walked upstairs and I went to the office and at lunchtime my tummy rumbled and I walked back down the stairs, I went out of my office and I walked past the front of my business and there was always a beggar sat there. Now we know what sometimes we all think, well, if you give money to a beggar, they're going to go and spend it on drink or drugs or, or whatever. But whatever, this man sat there every day. So as I used to walk past him, I used to get near him and I used to turn and look the other way. And then I come back with my lunch and I do the same. Now sometimes I would actually walk past him and I'd look at him and then I'd turn away feeling embarrassed and I would carry on walking and come back again with my lunch and it wasn't until the last day and I was putting the key in the door I was closing my business for the last day walking away from it and I thought I'll go and give him something 
And I went and I put some money in his cup. And he said, oh, thank you very much. He says, the only reason that I sit here at the side every day is because I need £15 so that I can get a roof over my head and food at night because I don't like going in the local hostel because it's full of drunks and drug addicts and violent people. So if I find this £15, I can get a roof over my head. But today, I've just found out that I've got my own flat, my own sheltered accommodation. I said, oh, that's great, really good news. And as I walked away, he said, God bless. And I stopped. Now, it's an easy thing to say, God bless. But however, do we know? Let brotherly love continue. Now, we're going to look at a parable. And I could say in this parable, who am I? I could say, well, we'd all put our hands up and we'd all go, well, I'm the Samaritan. Of course I'm the Samaritan. But was I the Samaritan with him? As we'll see, was I the Samaritan? So let's just turn to Luke chapter 10 to start our thoughts. And we'll just pull through this uh, parable uh, carefully of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll just start in verse 21 where it says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and you have revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will Reveal him. And he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see these things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you now see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. We come to the next verse, and it says, Behold, there was a certain lawyer who stood up and he tempted him saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now this lawyer is not a lawyer as we think um, in our modern uh, way of life. A lawyer was somebody who was steeped in the law and the precepts and the commandments of God. We know that they'd extended these law, but he was he knew the law inside out God's law and he said to the master what shall I do to inherit eternal life well firstly if he knew the law he knows that we can do nothing to inherit eternal life it is the gift of God yes we can be baptised and believe in the kingdom of God and Jesus and and the kingdom to come but it is his gift to give to each and every one of us. But then what does he say? So Jesus says to him, yes, you're a lawyer, you know the law inside out. What does it say then? In verse 26, what's written in the law? How have you read it? How do you understand it? And the answer is said, well, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength and with all thy might. And um, you should love thy neighbour as thyself. You shall love thy neighbour as thyself. 
Now, I just want to make a little suggestion. What's most important now in the world? Is it others? Is it our neighbours? Or is it self? And I'll just illustrate this with a little story that I went on a business conference once and there was about four or five hundred people in the business conference. And uh, the presenter said, who's the most important person in the world? So I put my hand up and, and, and I, wanted to, to, I wanted to say God, but I, I knew that I'd, I'd, people are just ridiculed. So I said, my wife is the most important person. <laughs> people started laughing and giggling the presenter said never mind about anybody else anybody else and they says well nobody's got it right he says the most important person in the world is yourself and I thought well that's not the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ and this is what the parable is saying to us it's not about ourselves it's about others but what does he say to him? What does Jesus say? So he says, love God and love thy neighbours thyself. So what does Jesus turn around to him and say? You're right. You are absolutely right. And I'm sure that we would be able to recite those two commandments and we would be right. But what does Jesus say to him? This do and you shall live. So you know it. Go and do it. And you shall live so he'd answered correctly he knew it verbatim he was full of the knowledge of the law but Jesus knew he wasn't living it now it's interesting that it's written in the bible that God does not show partiality what that means is he doesn't have any regard for persons he's not respect to persons it doesn't matter whether it's the person in the corner of the street the person with piercings God is not a respecter of persons. He administers justice for the fatherless, for the widow. He loves a stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, it says, love the stranger, he tells his children in Israel, love the stranger, for you were once strangers in Egypt. So he sends them, do as I do. This do, and thou shall live but Jesus knew Jesus knew as God knows our heart and our mind because the lawyer was so full of his self importance what does he do what does it say in verse 29 it doesn't say well he said he was willing to justify himself he said well I do all these things so what I forgot to do he was justifying himself. And sometimes do we not justify ourselves by saying, well, I couldn't do this for, or I couldn't help because of all these reasons. And he said unto Jesus, well, who's my neighbour then? So Jesus tells him this parable. Now in Job, in the book of Job it's written, and we need to listen to this carefully, if I, or you, Justify yourself, my own mouth shall condemn me. If I say that I'm perfect, it shall prove me perverse. So was this lawyer saying he was perfect? Was he condemning himself? Was he being 
perverse. So Jesus said to him, verse 30, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now we cannot say whether this man was a Jew or, or not. But this priest passes by. Now we can understand that a priest in those days, in the time of the law, could not go near a dead body, else they would be unclean or defiled for seven days. So in some respects, you could probably say, okay, the priest shouldn't go near him. But is that showing neighbourly love? Would the Lord Jesus Christ have done that to us? Did he look at him? Did he feel threatened by him? Did he feel troubled by what he saw? A man beaten up on the ground, full of cuts and bruises. Do we judge, as we saw in those pictures, do we judge after stereotypes? And was this priest doing the same there? But what does he do? He went down, and by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, I've never done that. Have you done that? Have we all done that? Have we done that with each other in here where we've heard somebody's got a problem but passed by on the other side so we didn't hear it? So that's one man who's come to save and he thinks, I'm going to be saved. I'm going to be saved. I thought I was going to die. But the priest passed by on the other side. A priest. So he slumps back to the side of the road and decides, I'm going to die. But then verse 32, a Levite comes along. A Levite of the line of Aaron. And when he was at the place, he came and he looked on him. Now, I've never done that. Have you? He looked at him. And then he passed by on the other side of the road. Now both of them could justify why they had passed by on the other side. This road from Jerusalem to Jericho was known as a very, very dangerous place to travel. And he'd been beaten, this man. And it was quite possible that the Lord Jesus Christ had actually travelled on this road and why he picked this road and realised how dangerous it was. In fact, it was known in ancient times as the ascent of blood. Now, do we have places in our towns and in our cities and in areas that we live that we don't really like to go? That really we don't want to go and talk about the word of God? That really... We don't want to tell people of the good news of God's kingdom. And as I said, who are you in this parable? So what happens then? A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. So the second match, so the, this third man comes and he can't believe that three people have come. He sees 
a Samaritan. Now, a Samaritan, the reason the Lord Jesus Christ used a Samaritan is a Samaritan was an anathema. They were hated, for use of a better word, by the Jews. They'd do nothing to help a Samaritan. The Samaritan probably wouldn't do anything to help a Jew. And yet here the Samaritan comes, and he saw him, and he passed right in front of him. And he had compassion on him. And then it says he had compassion on him and he went to him and he bound up his wounds. He poured in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the horse and said unto him, Take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these things, three, thinkest thou, was neighbour among him that fell among thieves? Now, was a Samaritan a doctor? Was he a physician? We don't know. Why was he carrying bandages and healing oil and wine? Was the Lord Jesus Christ a doctor and a physician to the people he came to save? Because it says, from the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. So the question is, was this certain man beaten, who's half dead, speaking of the children of Israel? And the priest, nor the Levite, lifted a finger to bring them closer to God. Or was this Samaritan who stayed with him overnight caring for him and in the morning he must have thought he was over the worst and he gave two pence to the innkeeper to take care of him for his needs and when he would return he would repair him. The question is and the point is we should all thank God. We should all thank Lord Jesus Christ that he didn't look on you and he didn't see you and he didn't pass by on the other side were you the man half beaten lying at the side of the road half dead with no hope and yet the Samaritan was the Lord Jesus Christ who was hated by the Jews and yet he was the one who healed you and was there to heal the children of Israel. Does God not care for his people? Does God not have compassion on his people? Has he not healed us, his people? Has he not promised to those that they will receive inheritance, which is worth more than two pence? A certain lawyer said, who is my neighbour? Did he not at the beginning? But what does Jesus say to him? So then, which three of these lawyer, who knows everything, who knows the law inside out, who justifies himself, who says, well, who's my neighbour? Prove it to me. Who do you think it is? And he said, he that showed mercy on me. He couldn't even say the word the Samaritan. He said, 
Well, he that showed mercy on him. Now remember at the beginning, in verse 28, Jesus says, This doing thou shalt live. He changes it here and he says, Then said Jesus to him, because he knew the heart and the mind of the lawyer, Go, and do thou likewise. So it's one thing us reading and understanding the word of God, who is my neighbour, and saying, well, this do and thou shalt live. But do we do it? Do we listen to Jesus and say, well, go and do thou likewise. So we need to think who these people are in the parable. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbours and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's easy to love our nearest and our dearest. It's easy to love those over the garden fence. But are they all our neighbours? Do we really love our neighbours? So who is the parable about? Let's go to Isaiah 53 if we could please. So we've read the parable that the Lord Jesus Christ has spoken of here. And let's listen for the same echoes in this, in this parable from the Samaritan. We had the lawyer justifying himself. And do we justify our position? And here we have verse 3. He is despised, he is rejected of men. The priests and the Levites. He is a man of sorrows. This man at the side of the road was acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. We passed by. He was despised, we esteemed him not. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. And he was afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. So the man at the side of the road was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are all healed. And like sheep we have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. And yet, we never heard the man at the side of the road crying. He never opened his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. Halfway down verse 8. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And verse 11 says, He shall see, his father shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Not justifying himself, as the lawyer did, but he justified many. For he shall bear their and bear our iniquities. I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. You that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye seed of Jacob, glorify him, fear him. All ye seed of Israel. For he has not despised, nor abode the affliction of the afflicted. Neither has God hid his face from him or from you. But when he cried unto him and to you, he heard. Coming we would now to conclude in Psalm uh, 103, please. 
And verse 3 to start. God who forgives all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. It's like the, the Samaritan or the doctor or that physician at the side of the road did. Who redeems thy life from destruction, half beaten and dead. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Just as the man was left by the Samaritan in the house for the innkeeper to look after. Verse 8. The Lord is merciful. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. Now each and every one of us are like that. I am. I'm gracious all the time and merciful. And I'm very, very slow to anger. I never get mad. And if I do get mad, I don't go on about it for too long. That's not true. But our Father is true. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, thankfully. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Again, thankfully. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. Verse 13. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. So I'd like to ask you a second set of questions. Who was Jesus' neighbour? Can I answer this yourself afterwards? And what did he do to show that he loved you? And if we think about that, what example, on what example has that parable left us to love our neighbour as ourselves? Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirtchristadelphians.org.uk. Mm-hmm.